From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, JR, candidates and potential hopefuls are releasing their campaign finance reports for the second quarter of the year, and they show that Republican U.S. Senator Ron Johnson raised more money between April and June than any of the announced Democrats who would want to run against him. Johnson hasn't even decided yet whether he'll seek a third term next November. Reports show that Johnson raised $1.2 million in the second quarter and has $1.7 million cash on hand. The closest Democrat to those numbers is Milwaukee Bucks executive Alex Lasry, who has raised $1 million and has $1 million cash on hand, while State Treasurer Sarah Godlewski raised about a half million in the past three months. Outagamie County Executive Tom Nelson has reportedly raised about a quarter million, while State Senator Chris Larson has raised about $50,000 in the second quarter. So what do you make of this, and what does this say about Ron Johnson if he gets into the race? You have to kind of look at Ron Johnson historically. He's not been known as a huge fundraiser, especially in off years. Um, His fundraising actually saw an uptick in the first quarter of the year. He raised uh, about $550,000 first three months, so he more than doubled what he took in during that second quarter. So on one hand, that's pretty good for Ron Johnson. But look at, like, the vulnerable list around the country. I mean, the national prognosticators usually have, like, a list of the same incumbents who are vulnerable or considered, like, most likely seats to flip next year. Ron Johnson's on that list. Well, uh, Raphael Warnock in Georgia, Democrat, $7.2 million raised in the second quarter. Mark Kelly, Democrat, Arizona, $6 million raised in the second quarter. Maggie Hassan, Democrat, New Hampshire, $3.3 million raised. Uh, Catherine Cortez Masto and from Nevada, Democrat, 2.8 million raised. So you see my point that Johnson's doing well for him, but comparatively speaking, he's not really blowing off anybody's doors in terms of fundraising. You think about it, he's a, a top target for Democrats. Um, you know, some lists have Marco Rubio on that list from Florida, for example, 4 million raised. The other thing is, think about Ron Johnson and kind of the lightning rod he's become nationally for things. He's kind of taking a, a Trump-like approach, people will say, to how he deals with the media and takes on issues. And what we've learned in politics recently is the more high-profile you are, the more attention you get, the easier to raise money. I mean, we're talking small-dollar donations are a huge thing in politics now, and you see people who say kind of controversial things getting attention and getting dollars. We're not seeing Ron Johnson necessarily ramp up to that same level as others, so there's that. Now, with the Democrats, there's a caveat to each of their fundraising. You know, um, Lazary is uh, burning through money quickly, which is a sign he's trying to build a fundraising network as he's going along. Uh, Sarah Galuski, she gave her campaign $45,000 as an in-kind donation for consulting, which kind of pumps up her number a little bit in terms of how much she raised. Uh, Tom Nelson is grinding away, but he's still kind of consistently in that two hundred dollars to $250,000 range for money raised, which doesn't sounds like a lot of money, but in politics, we're talking about a Senate campaign. It's it's not. So they've all got a, a challenge. And oh, by the way, we're all waiting on what Mandela Barnes is going to do. And there are increasingly a number of signs that he's going to get in the race. 
Getting back to Ron Johnson, an ad attacking him has been running for a national audience during the NBA Finals in prime time. The Finals, as you know, feature the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns. What kind of impact do you think this national ad against Ron Johnson will have on voters? That's so hard to say. I mean, you know, there have been various studies by political scientists of like when spending is important. Does it really impact people when you do it early like now? Or is it when people start paying attention? Because let's be honest, I mean, it's summer of 2021. Most folks are not focused on the 22 elections. They're trying to figure out barbecues and family vacations and, uh, you know, where do I go to have a nice time this weekend? They're not really focused on politics. So it's probably a blip. It gets some attention. But as far as like a long-term impact, it's debatable how much of an impact those things have uh, when you're talking elections so far away. Also last week, Democratic Governor Tony Evers raised $5 million in the first six months of the year, and he has $7 million cash on hand, according to his campaign. Evers has announced that he will seek a second term next November, and several Republicans say they are thinking of running, but haven't formally gotten in, although an announcement from former Republican Lieutenant Governor Rebecca Clayfish seems imminent. So what do you make of this? It seems clear that Evers would have the upper hand over potential opponents as far as fundraising. Well, you know, the point needs to be made that Evers is out ahead right now. When we get to the fall of 2022, some people I talked to think the the resources will be there for the Republican nominee between the money that nominee raises and then the soft dollar donations to outside groups and those kinds of things that there will be a, a fairly level playing field in October and September of you know, 2022, most likely. Also, don't forget that Scott Walker had a superior fundraising uh, apparatus to Tony Evers in 2018 and lost. So money's not the end-all, be-all. That said, you know, give Evers credit for what he raised. If you look at the 2020 report that he filed, most of his money, a good chunk of it, came from the state party under state law in Wisconsin Um, political parties can accept unlimited campaign contributions and can make unlimited transfers to candidates. Uh, The Democratic Party of Wisconsin and Tony took took advantage of that in 2020 and transferred a significant amount of money over to his campaign to help boost his number. So when Evers first announced the $5 million, it was like, okay, that must be a lot of party money again. Well, you dive into his report, and there was another million dollars in the state party, but he raised $3.1 million from individual donors and why that's kind of a a number to look at is scott walker was known for having a national fundraising network because of the attempt to recall him in 2012 it it really gave him this great fundraising list and he hit it up time and time again among individual donors well walker raised like 3.2 million for individual donors on the july 17 report and like 3.5 million in july 13 so a little more than evers but for having such a vaunted fundraising list, Evers in pretty good shape. I mean, give credit to the Evers campaign. His operation has created a very credible, small dollar and individual donor campaign list. And that's helping fuel this money. And you can hit those donors up time and time again. Now, there's a $20,000 maximum per donor per cycle. So you're going to max out with some folks. But that said, you know, the governor's number when you dive into it is even a little more impressive than at first glance because it wasn't just party money being transferred over but there was a good chunk of it coming from individual donors. And finally, Democratic Attorney General Josh Call formally announced last week that he will seek a second term next November. 
Campaign finance reports show Call has raised roughly a half million dollars and has a half million on hand. At least two Republicans have announced their intention to run against Call. They are UW-Madison Professor Ryan Owens and Fond du Lac County District Attorney Eric Toney. Owens has raised $300,000 and has a quarter million on hand, while Tony is pretty far behind the other two. How do you think this race will shake out? Well, interesting. Uh, one call is in pretty good shape for an attorney general candidate. Look, look, attorneys general are not really well known, not just in Wisconsin, but nationally. It's a hard place to get a lot of attention. So uh, call really upped his fundraising from past periods. So good number out ahead of everybody else. Ryan Owens for a first time candidate, really good number for him. Um, what was really interesting about his report is if you dive into the numbers, you see that he raised money from a lot of traditional Republican donors who are kind of regular contributors to candidates in statewide races. So on top of that, they are people who know people who also get right checks. So he's got backers who are willing to, finan- to you know, give him to him financially, but also likely encourage their, their friends and you know, colleagues to do the same thing. So that's a good thing for Ryan Owens. Um, the question for Ryan Owens is, how does he address his lack of prosecutorial experience? Now, Eric Toney, um, the final county attorney general, raised $41,000. That number is actually a little bit inflated because of that 7000 bucks was somebody who did a website development for him and basically charged him for it. It's called an in-kind donation. Uh, Tony had about three grand in in-kind donations from his own pocket for costs that he basically picked up the campaign. So you're talking like raising really thirty grand. That's not great for a statewide race. He's got to find a way now to convince donors who have given him so far that this is still a, a viable campaign with Ryan Owens so far ahead. For Owens, though, if he is the uh, nominee for Republicans, that lack of experience as a prosecutor is going to be a, a hurdle for him. Look, uh, the Department of Justice is one of the largest law firms in Wisconsin, and being AG a lot of times is really about managing a giant law firm. But for voters, they see that as the state's quote-unquote top cop, and often they want to have some of the prosecutorial experience in that role. Just like voters like having judges uh, as candidates for Supreme Court, they like having prosecutors for attorney general. Uh, Ryan Owens has largely been a professor in his life, and don't want to dismiss academics at all. But he's only got two years really working for a law firm as his kind of legal resume. You know, he's filed briefs and cases and made legal arguments. But as far as like a practicing attorney, he's got a very small window of experience. If you're Josh Call, you know, you can run a campaign, again, if Owens is the nominee, about this guy's had experience BAG. He's ever prosecuted a rapist or a murderer or even guy ticketed for jaywalking. So how can he lead the AG's office? Same time. Again, going back to that low profile of the AG's office, we're looking at a situation for Democrats where you have the part, you're the party in power in the White House. They have struggled in midterm elections in Wisconsin, historically, whichever party's in, in the White House, Republicans or Democrats. So you think it's going to be a good year for Republicans next year. If you're Josh Call, how do you overcome that? If it Again, if. If it's a good year for Republicans, how do you overcome that? Well, the only example I can point to is 2006, it was a kind of a Democratic wave year. Jim Dole won re-election as governor easily. But J.B. Van Hollen, a Republican, outperformed Mark Green, the GOP nominee for governor that year, by like 86,000 votes and won the AG's race. So we saw an example there of that happening. And oh, by the way, J.B. Van Hollen hit Kathleen Falk repeatedly for not being a prosecutor, not having experience on her resume.
So there's an example of what had happened. But it's you know, it's like that's 15 years ago. Do we still have that many ticket splitters in Wisconsin? It's a different environment. If crime is going to be a big issue for voters next fall, how will Call answer that issue? Because he's been the incumbent. Oh, by the way, Republicans are likely to hit him for um, not being more vocal during the violent protests in Kenosha and Madison last summer. You know, where were you, Mr. Attorney General? So there are a lot of things to pay attention to between now and then. But kind of takeaways are, again, Josh Call, good number. Ryan Owens, good number. Eric Tony work to do. But Ryan Owens has got that experience issue. He's going to have to figure out a way to address if he's going to be the nominee. And even, too, in the primary, I know he's got a lot more money than Eric Tony. but if Eric Tony can find the resources to hit that resource or that experience issue, that could be an effective message in that primary. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.